Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. We're getting ready for Jesus. That's what we're doing. Jesus is coming, and we're getting ready to meet him as his bride. He's the groom, we're the bride. Check the word out. I'm not going to do all your studying for you because you know what? If I did that, then you wouldn't have the revelation that you will get and the prize you will get for seeking after God. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Don't let someone else do it for you. But I want to tell you the things that God has been sharing with me today to share with you, to open our eyes to know that we are not ready for his return. Too many people tell me that they don't need to get on their knees. They're ready. They're sure they're ready. And Jesus is telling me they're not. We're not. And he shows me every day how I'm not ready. Before we go on, let's acknowledge him. Jesus, we thank you that you're here. We thank you so much that you care, that you're telling us that you're not ready. You're telling us things to come just like you said you would do. Everything in your word is a prophecy, and you said you do what you said you would do. So I thank you that you're not here, that you are waiting, because it's not your will that one of us should perish, that you love each and every one of us. There's no question. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory in your name. We thank you that you would speak through me right now, Lord. I wouldn't forget anything you wanted me to say, and I wouldn't speak of my own accord, but of yours. I love you and praise you and give you all the glory. You know, he was talking to me about that. I just got to check something quick here. Okay, he was talking to me um, yesterday about, and we talked about that, did a video about that. People are confused if they're chosen or not. And we choose him. You know, he chose all of us, and we choose him by coming in agreement with him. And so if you didn't see that video, I would say, I would suggest that you watch it. It's good. And today, you know, we talked a little bit about that um, banquet where the man that was noticed that didn't have on his wedding garment. And so we didn't really say much about that. And God wants to talk about that today. He said, in order to have that wedding garment, we have to be in love with him. And to be in love with him is a process. You know, when you fall in love with someone, um, it, there's there's things that are involved in that. You spend time with that person. You get to know that person. You know, yeah, some people say love at first sight, and that's what we have with Jesus. But then sometimes later on, when you find out what's expected of you and how hard it seems, you want to pull away from him. And even though he already did everything for us, people don't walk that path. They still try to walk in their own strength. And when we let go of thinking what we can do without him, then we we let him take over, and then he can empower us to do his will. But we have to take the correction. We have to be willing. We have to be willing. Even Jesus, he was led um, to be tempted and tested by the enemy. He was led in the wilderness. And the enemy tested him and tempted him to turn his um, a stone into bread. I'll give you all these things if you bow down and worship me. Throw yourself. And the enemy does that to us. And even though Jesus overcame for us, and we can overcome because he lives in us, we struggle on our own trying to overcome, and then we quit, we give up, and we walk away from God, exactly what the enemy wants you to do. And God um, brought this verse up to me today, Matthew 6, 24. 
And I'm going to read it to you first in the Amplified Bible. It says, you can't serve, Matthew 6, 24, you can't serve two masters, for either you will hate one. Think of that. You will hate one and love the other one. You'll stand by and be devoted to one and despise and be against the other. You can't serve God and money, deceitful riches, possessions, or whatever is trusted in and something else at the same time. So many people are in this place. What is it that you can't go without? If God told Jesus to fast 40 days and 40 nights, and then he turned that stone to bread, that would mean that he loved bread more than God. Whatever God asked you to do, God was talking to me about Abraham. I don't know if I talked about it yesterday or not, but it's so strong on my mind. And he said that he wanted that love that Abraham was giving to his son. God wants that love that you're giving to someone else, something else. He wants that. And the reason for that, I think I did talk about this yesterday, so he can bless you. So you can be in agreement with him. You know, if you're thinking you're going to get something out of, okay, let's just say a pair of shoes. You just got to have those shoes. They're just going to satisfy your flesh. You got to have them. And even though you know that God is saying, don't do that right now um, for whatever reason, or maybe he's testing you to see if you, to show you, he already knows, to show you that you love those shoes more than him. So you go and buy them anyway. And now you're not ready for heaven. You're not ready for him because the shoes are your God. Food is a big thing. People have to have food. And they feel guilty eating it, and, um, you know, the enemy does that. He tempts you, and then he makes you feel bad about what you did. And he gets you in this vicious circle of serving your flesh, and then getting you to hate yourself. And then all, all the consequences that come with overeating, or come from eating the wrong thing, or come from spending more money than you have. Those all catch up with you, and then we wonder why God isn't doing anything. You know, God was talking to me about fasting and prayer, and Jesus did that. He went to the wilderness, and he was tempted and tested by the enemy, and the enemy didn't get him one time. And the reason we're all always messing up is because we don't go in the wilderness, and we don't do that fast. We don't, we're not tempted and tested by the enemy because we're not taught that. Jesus said, if you call on his name, you'll be saved, and that's it. And that's true. If you believe in him and you call on his name, he's going to help you to live in his kingdom, to live in righteousness. And we have to be clothed in righteousness. In order to be his bride without spot or wrinkle, we have to be clothed in righteousness. And so it's not a work. It's obedience. If you love me, you'll obey me. Jesus said that. If you love me, you'll obey me, and I'll manifest myself to you. If we, if we let him correct us, Revelation 3.19, I talk about it a lot. He's going to prepare you for heaven. And yeah, he's going to do that work in you if you allow him to. And he did. He did all everything for you. There's nothing you have to do except believe. And when you believe, it's a matter of choice. Are you going to believe the enemy? Are you going to get those shoes? Are you going to have that cake? Or do you believe Jesus? I already gave you the strength to resist that. I hear so many Christians saying that they have all these things that, you know, they have all these hang-ups like this alcohol problem 
these addictions, I guess is the word, alcohol, food, this, that, and the other thing. A lot of things they don't even see. And um, it shows up. It shows up and Jesus sees it. And that's one reason you got to get on your knees and ask him to correct you, to help you, to see the sin in your life. And so it's one thing to admit that you're sinning and follow after the Holy Spirit and let him release you of that. You've already been set free of that. But it's another thing to just keep doing it and saying that you can't do it. If Jesus lives in you and you allow him to do it, he's going to do it. And if you ask him your sin, he's going to tell you. And he's going to test you like he did Abraham to show you where you're at. He wants your love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul is the very first most important commandment Jesus said. And then when you can do that, you can love your neighbor. Because when you care about what God cares about, if you feel him grieving, if you know how he's feeling, then that's love. And you give into it, that's love. If you get married and you don't care that your wife is hurt or your husband is hurt or that this matters to them or they, that matters to them, then why get married? And that's what Jesus is saying. He's coming. If you want to get married, you got to care about what he cares about. And if you have a God before him, you can't go to heaven. And he wants you to know that ahead of time. The enemy uses your flesh, Matthew 4. You can see that, that Jesus went um, in the wilderness to be tempted and tested by the enemy. And um, we have to, too. Jesus was tempted and tested by the enemy. Jesus, the Son of God. And he resisted everything the enemy came up against him with. And we have to do the same thing. We have to do the same thing. We have to get alone and just say, God, what is it that he has a hold on me with? Because it's not his will that one should perish. And so if something else is controlling you, if it's your God, then you can't live in heaven with him. Matthew 6, 24 in the Amplified Bible, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other. He'll stand by one, be devoted to one, despise and be against the other. You can't serve God and money, deceitful riches, whatever is trusted in. And that's what Jesus proved in the wilderness. He, you know, God was actually talking to me about hating. Jesus actually hated everything that tempted, that Satan used to try to tempt him. And he said, he said, that's what we have to do as well. We have to hate it. We have to hate those things that are trying to control us. So if, you're, if you have to have a certain car and you can't um, have a different kind or a certain pair of shoes or a certain this, a certain that, it's your God and God is going to show you that. And then you need to hate that thing that Satan's using to try to control you with. If it's cake, you need to hate cake. You need to absolutely hate it because it's controlling you and it's keeping you from God. And if it's keeping you from God, it's keeping you from that intimate relationship with him where you can't even hear him. Some people say so often, I don't hear God. Do you have a God before him? You probably do. And he is a jealous God and he can't bless you unless you move all the way into his kingdom right here and right now. And when you move into his kingdom here and now, he's going to prepare you for heaven. You're not going to overeat on cake in heaven. You're not going to have the perfect, um, what you have to have, shoes in heaven. It's not going to matter what shoes you have. It's not going to matter what car you have. 
you know, we have to wear clothes, we have to have a car, we have to have shoes, we do have to eat, but it's not going to matter. That's what he's saying to me today. That's how you hate it. It doesn't matter if it's not your God. If God asks you to go without something and you get all bent out of shape, then yeah, it's your God. But he's going to get you to the place where, okay, sure, it doesn't matter. I don't have to have it. I can do that. I don't have to be the most popular person on Facebook. I don't have to be the most um, smartest one in my school or, you know, the, the one that knows everything at church. I don't have to be something because I'm already something. When you know who you are in Him, when you're already, when you're already, you already know who you are and you are someone very important to Him. You are someone very important to Him then you're not going to have to have all these band-aids, all these facades that you put on to try to impress someone else. And that's what we do. God was showing me little things that I do in my life that I'm trying to impress other people. I'm like, why am I doing that? I don't want to do that. Of course you don't, because that is a God too. Right? And so God is saying today, that thing that Satan's trying to um, put on you I like to think of those little clingy bugs. I forget what they're called right now. But, um, you know, they cling to your dogs. Anyway, I can't think of what it is. But it's what he does. He tries to put stuff on you that you got to have. And he has you marked. He has you marked. He's got his name on you. And God doesn't want that for you. Besides, all those things you have to have keep you in bondage. You're wearing chains. And you can't be free of fear. You can't be free of the lust of the flesh. So God wants to clean you up. Get on your knees and get ready. He's coming. And if you haven't gotten all those spots and wrinkles out of your dress, if you hadn't let him prepare you, then you're not going to make it. Get on your knees and ask him where your sin is. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, he's going to clean you up. He's not going to say, it's okay, you can sin. Satan does that. It's okay. You can sin. You're fine. It's not okay. Get ready for heaven. Jesus is coming, and you need to be ready. you got to be ready to stand before him. Don't have a God before him, and don't be too stubborn to get on your knees and find out that you might, because you do. I'm sure you do. Don't think you don't. We all do. And a God can be anything, anything that's too important to you, and you can't figure it out yourself. Revelation 3.19, I correct those. I love. If you let him correct him, or you can opt out. You don't have to be corrected. You can just, you know, live in hell with the enemy. You can live in torment all your life. And hell is real. Read your Bible. Some people think hell is right here on earth. It, 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 it is, but it gets worse from here. And so, Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, If you'll heed his voice, he's already knocking at the door of your heart, if you'll heed his voice, He will come in and dine with you. Isn't that cool? He's going to come in and teach you. He's going to get that sin out of your life. And that's how you believe, by just letting him do his work in you. You don't believe by just saying some words. That's not going to work. Make sure you're ready when he comes. Make sure you're ready. Say the prayer with me, Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you want to live on the inside of us and clean us up and get us ready for that day. Get all the spots and wrinkles out of our dress so that we can wear it. That's our garment. Our garment is getting all those spots and wrinkles out, loving, living in your kingdom right here and right now. 
and hating all the other things that are trying to take over us. We hate those things. We love you. Nothing is going to be attached to us. We're going to have that on the wedding garment. We're going to be ready for you. Teach us. Thank you. Praise you. In your mighty name. So let them help you get ready for the banquet. Get that dress on that he has for you. This morning he was showing me the dress that I wore when I was in heaven. That is my clothing. Put on the garment of praise. Put on love. Put on him. That's all you need to wear. And yeah, like I said, we got to wear clothes here. But it, the clothes that you wear... Um, the, the car that you drive, the house that you live in, the attention that you have to have shouldn't be your garment. Righteousness. Let him teach you his way and live in what he's clothing you in. Show who he is. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. But store up for those, store up for yourself those treasures in heaven. Worry about that you're doing his will and not your own. Because he's separating the sheep from the goats. Even now, he's testing, just like he did Abraham. Thank you so much for listening today. And um, if you'd like to share this video, that'd be awesome. If you'd let me know if I ministered to you, if you said that prayer at all, it'd be great too. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you.